What is going on, thinkers? Welcome back to Thoughts by the VLDI, your favorite podcast. Hey, man, look, it's just me and you guys here today. I know I've been bringing you guys just all these great monumental interviews, man. But no, I've been giving y'all all these interviews where we were giving information and giving these uh, upcoming authors and so on and so forth a, a, a chance to spread the word about their art and, and their work and what they're doing. And that's great and all, but I realized, I said, man, I haven't given them that DeVille DI in a while. And I know y'all was probably missing it as much as y'all been enjoying these interviews. I know y'all was missing it. So I decided this week, instead of booking an interview, I was just going to kick it old school like I used to do it when when I first started. So you, you're you going to get a little bit of uh, what DeVille thinks. DeVille has been asked a lot about what he thinks about um, Ahmed Aubrey. And that shooting that went on in Georgia. And relax, I'm going to tell you what I think about it. But not only am I going to tell you what I think about that, I'm going to tell you more of the climate of Georgia that leads up to these type of things. And I'm going to hit you guys with a little bit of story time. I'm still right now trying to decide what story I want to tell you because I have two stories in mind. And one, I don't know. I'm not sure if I told it before. I'm hundreds and hundreds of episodes deep, so I'm not sure if I told this story before, so I might go ahead and tell it, or I might tell another, but either way, so I'm going to head on, I'm pretty sure everybody out there is up on what happened with the young man was jogging through the neighborhood, and two guys chased him down in a truck, blocked the road, armed, and he was gunned down, so the two guys have been charged with murder. And there's a third guy who recorded it who has not been charged with anything, but could, or some people say should be charged as a uh, accessory, but he hasn't been charged with anything yet. And he's saying that he's in fear for his life and he's hiding. He, he you know, people are making threats or whatever, so on and so forth. But, um, so what does Seville think about that? I've, um, I feel like from my background, and I did study uh, criminal justice for a little bit, and I do work in the field where I deal heavily with law. I'm not a police officer. I'm not a lawyer or anything like that. But I think that there's a good chance that we could get a conviction or um, justice could be served because in Georgia, the, the way the law is set up, for a, we do have stand your ground law, which I am a advocate for. I do believe in stand your ground. I am an armed citizen myself. Um, the civil arrest that they came up with to try to say they're trying to citizens arrest. Um, I'm kind of familiar with that because I work in a field where. At one point, I was doing, I, I was doing, having to do um, civil arrest for a certain retailer that I was working for. So, 
for a civil arrest in the state of Georgia, every citizen has that right to make one, but theirs is invalid because one, there was no crime in progress. They didn't witness any crime. So that throws off the civil arrest part of it just out. It's just out the door because you can't make a civil arrest without witnessing a crime, being in the vicinity of a crime that's happening or has just happened, which it was, there was no crime because, of course, the uh, the owners of the property said nothing was ever stolen. He was, a man wasn't the only person that ever visited his property. There's video of, I don't know, I don't want to throw a number out there, but there's a good number of people that visited this place. And the owner said that, to his knowledge, nothing has ever been taken from this place. So there was no crime being committed. So more important than, than that, I don't want to say more important than that. Y'all excuse me. But the, the issue, you know, you have right now we're in a reactionary state. We're dealing with reaction to something that ever something that already happened. But they say that a ounce of prevention is better than a pound of the cure. So in order for us to prevent things like this from happening, we have to figure out what's the issue. Now, I'm familiar with these type of situations. See, I'm from Georgia. I grew up in Georgia. We moved to Georgia when I was probably ugh, nine, ten years old, whatever, and I've lived here uh, since then. But I have I'm I moved back and forth, but I've lived here in Georgia the majority of my life. And a lot of people think that I'm from Atlanta, but I'm not from Atlanta. I am from I grew up in Valdosta. Georgia, Lowndes County, the deep, the deep south. Valdosta, Georgia is probably like the last city you get to before you get into Florida. We call it Florida. You know what I mean? A lot of people in in Georgia are more similar culturally to people from Florida than they are from Georgia because there are so many implants, so many people that have moved from from Florida to Georgia, and they all they a lot of them seem to end up right there on that borderline, but. So, growing up down there, um, it was different. It was a lot different than what I live now. Now, somebody, I can't remember if it was Killer Mike or if it was T.I. I don't remember who said it, but I know I've heard them say it multiple times. Both of them may have said it, matter of fact. And I spoke of this on the Meaning of It All podcast. Um, great group of people over there. The Jester, you got C-Dot, you got Hey Best Friend. I was actually on their show um, a little while back. Y'all, man, y'all go over there. I know they're available on SoundCloud. Look them up on Instagram, Meme Up It All podcast. Great group of people. And I, I spoke about this a little bit on there. Um, they said that they say that you know you have Atlanta, and Atlanta is surrounded by Georgia. And the reason why they say that is. Culturally, Atlanta is different than most other places in Georgia. It does kind of seem like Atlanta came into the future, and a lot of these other cities stayed in the past. It's like the Jetsons and the Flintstones. So when you get down into these smaller cities and these towns in Georgia, it's still to this day in ways segregated no there's no laws separating the people there's nothing saying that people can't live by each other and go to the same schools and so on and so forth but there's just this kind of like inherited 
segregation that goes on down there. Like growing up my neighborhood, you could I could literally count right now the number of non uh, people of non African descent that lived in my neighborhood. And it was like that every neighborhood that I lived in. I lived um well, yeah, it was like that every neighborhood I lived in. But see, the wild thing about it is even in the neighborhood, like, there'll be certain streets where, you know, all the all the black people live on these streets. And then all of the white people, majority of the white people live on a different street. It's just kind of like I was used to it. I grew up seeing this. And so I didn't really recognize it until I got older and and, and I started to see it and like, you know. Why are they living over there and we're living over here? It was just always separated. I was telling one of my coworkers a couple years back, we was having a conversation and the conversation was about dating people outside of our races. And he's a white guy and I have it and he has. And he was asking me, you know, why? And I was like, really? It was just kind of like a, a what do you call it? Uh, you know, you date the people who you're around. And there wasn't really a whole lot of people around me that weren't black. You know what I'm saying? Because I noticed when we were having this conversation, I realized, like, you know what? When elementary school and middle school, everybody kind of mingled together. You know what I mean? Everybody kind of, you know, we had, we were just friends. But then it seemed around, like, like 10th grade, everybody kind of just went and most people settled in with their own cultures, kind of like in prison. In the high school, it was like everybody just kind of went with the people that looked like them. It's kind of weird, but either way. But even growing up then, uh, they, I had experiences similar to this. I can feel it. I can empathize with what he went through because I've had experiences similar to this like um we used to there was probably a mile maybe two miles away from where i live from my neighborhood there was an apartment complex and this apartment complex had a pool and it had a basketball court and we knew people who who lived over there because we went to school together and so we would walk over there and meet up with our friends when they were outside and you know we go and we play basketball on the court we go swimming and of course we met more kids that live out there and so we all just 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 get out there and we have a good time hanging around that pool area and that basketball court now most people me i'll speak for myself if i'm riding around through my apartment complex and i look up and i see a group of kids on a basketball court, playing basketball, or in a swimming pool, swimming, I'm not going to give it a second thought. I'm just going about my way because that's what basketball courts are for, and that's what swimming pools are for. So, but we, so we go out there and play, and the people actually enjoyed us being there. The kids, even some of the adults and the young people who like to play basketball, like the fact that we came out there because it actually gave enough people to play basketball, you know what I mean? Instead of 
because we show up and it may be a guy out there shooting ball by itself. So now, you know, it's four or five of us. We can run a game three on three. Or maybe they're having a two on two or three on three game and we show up and now we can run full court. So people in the enjoy us having or having us out there but every now and then a member of the peppermint committee would show up and this member of the peppermint committees would show up and start questioning us as to where where do we live who do we know why are you out here and we're like you know as a, as a teenager we young dumb full come we rambunctious a little bit so it is, it is, if you've never been questioned by someone that you feel doesn't have the authority to be questioning you, you'll get attitude. I, we get attitude because why are you bothering us? So we would literally have to, and they call security on us, they call the police on us, and we literally have to point out, and we literally have to have the people that we knew there be like, he's with me, he's with me, he's with me. Oh, and then it became, well, you're only allowed to have two guests. So now it's like, okay, these two are with me. Those two, it's like, why are we having to go through so much to justify us out here playing basketball court with residents of the area that know us? And we went we went through that. We went through that. So I empathize with the whole going through um, uh, people questioning why you're where you're at and approaching you and feeling like they have the... The, the, the right to question people of their actions when they're do, really doing nothing, absolutely nothing is questionable. But we had to go through that. Um, I can tell you more. So if you want to hear more, of course you do. Um, I, I've been, I've had times where I was walking to a friend's house. He lived in a neighborhood that was majority uh, white people. Uh, his father was ex-military. I forget what he did for a living at the time, but they had this house in this neighborhood, little subdivision, and I used to walk over there. I remember getting stopped, and he had get, gotten stopped several times because there a, was a police officer who lived in the area, lived on the not on the corner, but he lived close to the corner that you turn to get to my friend's house. And I'm walking there one day, and he stops me. And starts questioning me about, of all things, why do I have my pants leg rolled up? And why I'm wearing a bandana? Now, we're talking in the 90s. Bandanas was fashion. Bandanas still fashion. And he's asking me about why am I wearing my pants up, leg up? And I got this specific leg up. And you got that bandana. So that means you're this gang. And I'm like, bro, there's no gangs about all stuff. He's like, yes, yes. Don't act like you never heard of these guys and this and this and this. And these were little neighborhood cliques, not gangs like Crips and Bloods. You know what I mean? Basically, guys who hung together, who sold dope. They was, they was the, the clique or the gang. And they, you know, get in the fights and stuff. But it, I'm not acting like it didn't get busy down there right also. But it wasn't gang, like gang banging was going on. And I remember this dude stopping me and questioning me for probably 15, 20 minutes until my friend came out looking for me. Because, you know, like I said, this is before, this is 90s, probably 95, 96, before everybody had a cell phone. So he knew I was on the way and I hadn't showed up yet. So he was looking for me. 
and he sees he's noticed I'm talking to this police officer, and he's like, "Bro, what did you do? Come on, don't don't talk to him. Come on, he's always bothering somebody." And come to find out, he had stopped a friend of mine, the same friend, several times where he was walking back and forth to the house off duty, sitting on his porch, just questioning and kids just walking through the neighborhood. So the problem is, or, or one of the opportunities that we have is to change, make a change is that it's okay to it's okay to be aware of your neighborhood. It's okay to be aware of what's going on in your neighborhood, who's in and out of your neighborhood. But we have to refine the way that we approach these situations. You can't approach these situations as if you are the authority of the neighborhood because you're not. I don't care if you are a police officer or not. I don't care if you're a homeowner or, a homeowner or not. Just because you live in this area does not make you an authority of this area. Now, if you see something that's suspicious, that's actually suspicious, it's nothing wrong with calling the police. Hey, there's this guy hanging around out here doing X, Y, Z. And see, that was one of the things that caught my attention. I had an opportunity to listen to the uh, 911 call that the guy made Um right before uh, Ahmad was killed and he's on the phone and he's telling the operator you know there's this guy that's in, in his house that's under construction and she's like well did he break in and she's like no it's, it's open house you know but he's in there and you know oh he's leaving he's running out he's running away no she was like what is he doing and she's like he's like he's running away he's running away it's like, yeah, but what did he do? That's the key thing about it. Uh, what did he do? Did he actually do anything? If not, why are you calling the police? It's okay to be suspicious when you see suspicious activity. It is not okay to be suspicious just when you see certain people do a certain activities. Because the video that I saw, the people going in and out of this house were people of all different races. So why is it particularly that this young man, that this young man was the one that you all want to uh, call the authorities on him? Yeah, of course, they bring, they always got to bring up the dirt after someone's murdered and he had got it. I believe uh, you said y'all can hit me up in my inbox or at DeVille, uh, D-I-D-V-I-L-E underscore D-I on Instagram if I'm wrong or go to the thoughts by DeVille, D-I. Facebook page and let me know if I'm wrong, but I believe he had been arrested for shoplifting. Okay, so what? That still does not automatically make him the suspect because your car got broken in. Because ultimately, these guys had a vendetta because someone broke in their car and stole a handgun. So automatically, I'm guessing they assume it's him because. You know, they, they probably been that one of the father was ex-law enforcement. They probably had knowledge of Ahmad getting arrested. They probably had, had run-ins with him before. So, automatically, they assume this is the guy. We got to stop that. We got to stop trying to be judge and jury in these streets and let people have their due, their due uh, uh, processes. And like I said, if you feel that man suspicious, 
call the authorities by all means. Let the authorities come out handling. Hopefully, we get a good cop who uh, handles things the proper way. And if the man had the young man had done something, you know, he goes to jail and he has his day in court and he's able to um, pay his due to society. But that wasn't the case. But moving right along. I said I had a story for you guys. And gosh darn it, I'm going to give you a story. And the story kind of relates to the topic that I started off with. Just to show you, I've already given you one example. But I just want to try to give you um, more examples of how this stuff happens. So you can you can really get it in your head and understand that this stuff happens more often than you think it does. So, check this out. One day, I'm a teenager, I'm 15, 16 years old, I go to a store. There was a, I forget what it was called, but there's a, it was either Big Lots, Pick and Save, something like that, but either way, there's a store close to my house. So I go to this store, and um, I used to go to this store all the time because I have money, because my mother would give me money. And every now and then, my dad would come through with a child support check, and my mom would break me off a little bit of that, and I'd go to the store. And I went to the store to buy some shirts. They had some flannel shirts that I wanted. So I walked up there, and um, I'm going to get some shirts. But the shirts that I wanted, they don't have them anymore. Okay, cool. So I'm walking around. I'm looking at different stuff, and... um. I pick up something. I don't even remember exactly what it was, but I pick up something and I'm walking around with it, looking at it because I'm considering I'm going to buy this thing. So, um, walking around, I'm looking at it and I decide I'm thinking about how much it costs. I'm like, yeah, I could buy this, but this isn't even what I came for. So I might as well just keep the money, do something else with it. So I decide, you know what? Screw it. I'm, I'm not getting this out. And you know how people do sometimes from time to time. We don't necessarily go and put things back where we got them from. So I did. And I took this item and I set it down somewhere. And I went on about my business. So I'm walking around the store. Walking around the store. And then a guy walks up on two people. A guy. I'm not sure if it was two guys or it was a guy and a female. I'm not 100% sure. But I remember it was two people distinctly. The one who was talking to me was a male so this guy runs up on me and he says hey what did you do with x we'll call it x what did you do with x and i'm like huh yeah we saw you pick up this x and we saw you walk around the store and we saw you go back there on out this and that and da, da, da. what did you do with it and i'm like i put it down what, what 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 do you mean? Why you put it down? Oh, I put it down. I didn't want it, so I put it down. You know. If you want me to go get it, I'll go get it. And he's like, no 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 no, stay right there. You stay right there. I'm like, oh, okay, you know whatever what you want. Like I don't got it. And he tells me, fifteen year old sixteen year old kid by himself. He tells me, lift your shirt up. And I'm huh. Lift your shirt up. Let me see under your shirt. And I'm like, 
So I'm pissed off because I know I don't have anything. So I oblige. I lift my shirt up. Boom. There's nothing. And I'm sagging my pants because it's the 90s. Hey, who's not? I lift my shirt up and I intentionally let my pants fall down to the ground so he could see that I have nothing freaking on me. So he now he's standing there looking baffled. Whoever it was that was with him at this point made this face. I remember him making a face. I believe it was a young guy, a younger guy than the one who stopped me. He makes his face and he walks off. He doesn't want no part of this no more because it's like, oh, shit, you was wrong. So I pull my pants up and I'm mad as fuck and I'm leaving the store. And that was just it. No apology. No, nothing, you know. And I went home. I never, I never even told my, my mom about that. But I was pissed off about it. Because, you know, just for you to assume that I'm stealing. Because you see me with something and then you don't see me again with it again. You didn't do your due diligence. Because I worked in loss prevention for five, six years. And... I, I used to do, I used to be the uh, undercover uh, loss prevention guy and I'd go out and I'd catch shoplifters. And I know now, I know that there are certain steps that you are supposed to follow before you are actually allowed to even speak to a person. You're supposed to see this person select the product. You're supposed to see them uh, leave the area with it or stay in the area with it, conceal it, attempt to exit the store, all of that. Before you should even be saying anything to anybody. So I'm obviously you did none of that, or you would know off the rip that I didn't have anything on my person. So yeah, things like this happen. Things like this happen more often than a lot of people want to believe. It's it's a problem. We got to figure out a way to 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 stop it. We got to find a way to get better and. As I always tell people, and a lot of people have a problem with it. Some of y'all might have a problem with it. It's cool if you want to join the Peppermint Committee. I'm okay with that. Um, but that's the re reason why I stay armed. Because you never know when some vigilante is going to jump out the back of a truck with a gun and command you to do things that's going to cause you to have to fight for your life. So I, I'd rather be prepared. And I had some people debating me recently uh, about that and they're like well you know that's an excuse that that uh, people will use to be able to kill you is they'll say i think he got a gun they think he had a gun so that's why we shot him i'm like okay well let's do the math on this let's bust out some mathematics guy doesn't have a gun get shot guy has a gun get shot i'd rather be caught with it than caught without it I'm going to have my gun on me and I'll take my chances. This is, I'm laughing, but it's really not funny. I'd rather have take my chances of having mine on me. You know, things might have turned out a little different if the young man himself had been armed because he would have been in a position where he would have needed to defend himself as he was in a position where he needed to defend himself and he did his damnness to defend himself. He didn't go out on his knees. He went out, you know, fighting, as you should, I believe, because when someone approaches you, 
Because a lot of, I've heard people say that, well, uh, uh, everybody knows that you don't fight a guy, fight somebody with a gun. Now, when somebody pulls, when you, when somebody pulls a gun on you, right, you got three choices. That's the way the DI sees it. You can either run, you can do what they say, or you can fight. Why are those your three options? Because we have to look at intent. When someone pulls a gun on you, and by when I when I say about pull a gun, what I mean by pull a gun is if somebody has a gun drawn in their hand, to me and to most people, that shows the intent to shoot. That says, do what I say or I'm going to shoot you. That's the reason uh, that law enforcement used to justify shooting some of the people that they shoot and some of it is justified and some of it isn't that he had a gun he pulled out a gun pulling out a gun shows intention to use a gun one of the rules that you learn early on when you start dealing with firearms is that you never pull a gun out if you don't intend to use it a lot of states have laws that forbid you from brandishing weapons or pulling out guns, and you know, unless it's a dire emergency, and even warning shots are illegal in a lot of places. So, if someone walks on or up on you holding a gun, then you have to assume they have the attention to shoot, which puts you in a position to stand your ground and to fight for your life. So, if I have someone rolls up on me with a gun in their hand, and I'm concealed carrying or open carrying or whatever case may be at that point i'm going to take it as a threat on my life and i'm going to react to it because you're damned as you do you're damned as you don't thank you all for tuning in to the vldi thoughts about the vldi the podcast i love each and every last one of y'all uh hit me up on uh facebook at thoughts about the vldi podcast hit me up on instagram at dville underscore di same on twitter dville underscore DI and let me know if you think what you think about you know my statements today. Appreciate each and every last one of y'all that tune in. I love y'all. We got more great interviews coming up. I got interviews scheduled. Uh, I probably got two, three different interviews scheduled to uh, be recorded this upcoming week. So we'll be right back with the interviews, and um, I'm gonna make a conscious effort to not neglect my fan base anymore. And to make sure that I get y'all these one-on-ones that I know that y'all love so much. The Ville Diaz out of here, man. Y'all be easy.